Guys, our next guest is coming off a spectacular war against Corey Sanhagen in his big return. The former two-time UFC bantamweight champion on his way to what seems like another title shot next. The killer show himself, TJ Dillashaw. Welcome back to Submission Radio, man. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me on. Pleasure's all ours, man. Uh, first off, dude, got to ask, how's the knee? You're about a week and a half removed from having surgery on your left knee to fix some tears. How's the knee feeling? Uh, I think it's been almost three weeks now since I had surgery. I think Thursday will oh. be three weeks. Um, you know, it's actually a lot more painful than I expected. Um, I've had a lot of surgeries. I you know, I had three shoulder surgeries. I've had a knee surgery before, but it was like a, you know, like a minor meniscus where I just had to cut it out a little bit. Um, you know, tons of stuff, but, uh, I didn't expect the knee to be as painful as it was done, but I mean, I, I kind of, kind of tore everything in my knees. So, um, I, I did, I did a, did a good job of tearing it up. I completely ruptured my LCL. I did a, um, giant, uh, medial and lateral bucket handle tear on meniscus and then, uh, partially tore my PCL. So, um, not only did that to do scope that opened me up like a 10 inch cut on the side of my leg. I show you right now, but I'm actually icing. So oh, wow. that's why, that's why I'm in bed right now. Mm-hmm. So in terms of recovery and everything, is it going to plan or are the specialists saying that there's any sort of issues or anything? No, everything was great, man. Um, I was told three months. Um, I'm doing everything I can to speed that up as, <clears throat> as far as all my recovery modalities, you know, I'll head down to, uh, Bio accelerator here soon in Columbia. Get some stem cells injected into this thing. Um, sitting in the hyperbaric chamber a good four or five days a week right now. Um, doing a good job of icing it. And and I'm already starting to work out with uh, my strengthening coach, Coach Cal. So not only am I, you know, taking my rehab series, I'm also continuing to build. So I, I like to call it some construction rather than rehab. <laughs> yeah, I saw you doing some workouts uh, with your coach. Uh, it looked kind of like uh, you were training to, you know, when you roll down the windows, like an old car where it doesn't have the electric <laughs> thing. Yeah, but you were yeah. killing it. It's like, it, it's great to see when fighters are working out, you know, even though like you can't do the lower body, you're doing the upper body. Um, I wonder, like, you know, as a guy who's obviously got fantastic footwork, when you heard about this and you knew you were going to have the surgery, how does that kind of affect things? Was there something in your mind where you're like, oh, man, i got to, you know, recover perfectly in order to utilize my full footwork? Because I know with your shoulder, it kind of affected things with your wrestling for the last few years. Yeah. Um, no, I'm expecting full recovery. I mean, the knee's kind of a dumb joint, to be honest. You know, it just got to bend like this, mm. you know, to where your shoulder has to be able to move in all different kinds of directions. And, uh, you know, I've heard that even going through shoulder surgery, your shoulder's never going to be the same. And I can vouch for that. You know, I mean, even though I've had three shoulder surgeries now, I, I got to make sure I'm careful and, and to uh, continue to do my, my, my bands and strengthening because otherwise it'll give out again, you know. Um, with the knee, I've heard nothing but great things on recovery as long as you – uh, treated correctly. I mean, so I'm not too worried about the footwork aspect of it at all. Mm. The rehab for knees has come a long way in the recent years. And I mean, I mentioned that great win man over Corey Sanhagen, and it's kind of underestimate, under, understated how much he overcame in that fight. I mean, from being hurt in the fight itself to the horrendous training camp you had, and then you had to do the cut. How many times beforehand when you were going into that fight, were you sort of <laughs> going, man, this is uh this is this is a little bit tougher than what I thought it was going to be like. And what did you learn about yourself from actually getting through such a difficult experience on your big return? Man, I thought I thought it was just like uh, cursed. You know, I thought my return was cursed. I couldn't stay fucking healthy. Excuse my language. Um, 
you know, the first fight, the first camp was awesome. That's was fight May 8th. Camp was going great, feeling awesome. Um, 13 days. Well, I got cut seven weeks before May 8th, a real big cut. But then I got cut even bigger 13 days before the fight, and that's when I posted about. So I got cut twice in that camp. So I did have to lay off the sparring a little bit. But ultimately that camp, I mean, injury-free other than the cuts, you know. Um, so unfortunately I had to pull out of that one. They pushed it all the way to July. I was hoping just to jump in in June. Just let the cut heal up and get after it. I've been waiting too long. And then, man, my body just was, I don't know, if maybe it was just too long of a camp. I mean, I made sure I, I, I took a break, but, you know, I had a nerve thing in my foot that was killing me. It was actually the biggest problem. Everything was this nerve thing in between my toes and my foot to where I had to wear shoes. And I, I remember two days before the fight, I was limping around during media day because I had to walk around barefoot to uh, – do pictures and all this stuff and wear our fight kit and i was like man i really hope no one from someone from Corey's camp sees me right now because i look straight up pathetic <laughs> um and then yeah i had a torn mcl on my right knee my left shoulder was giving me problems so uh i didn't spar at all in my second camp you know i was from the first camp from when i got cut to the fight i didn't do any kind of sparring so um you know that was uh some of the ways in the back of your head, you know, because I like to get ready. I like to be prepared. I like to do everything I possibly can to make sure your timing is there, everything. And it's, it's something you got to kind of overcome and say, fuck it, man. It's what, it is what it's supposed to be. And uh, I just got to go out there and do this thing. Just kind of hold myself together the best I could to uh, get to the fight. And whatever injuries I had there, just kind of had to ignore them the best I could and not let them give you any kind of doubts, you know. Yeah, and I think that's what makes the win even crazier because then in the fight, you know, you got hurt in the fight and then the cut, it was just kind of like one thing after another. I know, like, obviously it'd be awesome to go in and get, you know, like a 10-second knockout, injury-free, and then, you know, get a bonus check and call it a day. But in some ways, yeah. was this kind of the perfect fight because there were so many people wondering, okay, well, how how is TJ going to look coming back? He's a bit older, return from the sidelines. And, you know, sometimes those quick wins, they don't answer a lot of those questions. But in a way, for you to go in, get the rounds in that you probably wanted to get in and then obviously answer a lot of questions about you know your heart your composure the way you can you know go five rounds the cardio is there everything was it kind of the perfect win for you that that it played out that way i guess you know i never want this to happen i obviously don't want to get injured i mean um nothing nothing against sanic and he's obviously a great opponent a great athlete but you know the way that first round went i would have i would end up putting him away in, in, in that fight um, if I'd have had my knee underneath me, I mean, the last 10 seconds of that round, just to, to know what I did. I mean, I stood up and tried walking back to the corner and my knee just kept shifting. I sat down and after that first round, going to the second, which like, dude, my knee's fucked, mm. you know, and I they couldn't hear that on TV because in the corner I said, I said the F word and they had to blur it out. Um, uh, but that's why I came out so flat footed the second round. Um, you know, I let him take that second round for me, have a big round because I was so worried about the knee. I didn't know what the hell I was going to do. I couldn't close distance. I remember I took his back in the second round and I tried to throw my hooks in because I had full on had his back. I was going to go throw my hooks in on his back and I had to push off him and bail off because my knee popped all the way out. Um, so, I mean, it was, it was a, I guess, I guess camp kind of prepared me to be able to deal with injuries in the fight, I guess, you know, because I mean, I had to kind of bury my injuries down deep during fight camp and I had to do definitely do it during the fight. Um, and then let alone get an open in the second uh, round of my eye. Um, I happened to lie to the ref and tell him I could see, and I just didn't want the fight to get stopped. So you, you couldn't see, you had to, to lie. I mean, uh, uh, if you wiped it out, so you wipe out the blood, because where the cut is at, I mean, I can kind of zoom mm -hmm. in for you. It goes right down here. So the cut I got cut in the original camp, it started here, went all the way across my eyebrow, 
but there's always like this big ball of scar tissue right here. Mm. So I knew it was like a, a question of it possibly opening. And when it did, it opened in a different direction, actually even worse because the cut came down this direction, which let the blood just like leak right into my eye. Um, so I actually got a, I owe a lot to the cut man Tate because the beginning the first minute and a half of every round, like it was good. You know, he got the bleeding to stop stuff, the thing with Vaseline. Um, so I, owe, I mean, I owe him a huge thank you because I mean, that fight definitely could have been stopped. And, uh, you know, the, the doctor came in, I was like, ah, man, I got it. Don't worry. I can see, you know, and at the time I couldn't, he tried walking out and made sure to take his, uh, his, um, little wipe. He had to wipe my eye even more. And they told me I wasn't able to do that. So, um, just kind of had to, to tough it out really, to be honest. And, um, the only reason why I'm, I'm happy with the performance that I put on was because of the adversity I had to push through. You know, I, I definitely see myself being the more around athlete and being able to finish, finish San Hagen. Um, him, he's being, he's great though. Don't get me wrong. He's great. But there's just a lot of holes in his game that I prove that on one leg, you know, if I would have been able to have both my legs underneath me, the takedowns would have been a lot easier when I took his back. I couldn't lift him, return him to the mat. Every time I go to lift, my knee wanted to slide out. So it was just, uh, it was tough, man. It was tough to, uh, push through that and still know that I got the victory. I mean, you, you describing it, it just sounds like the plot of like a new Rocky movie. The stuff that you had to go through is absolutely unbelievable. And I can imagine the relief of going, of being back in the wind column, getting your hand raised and feeling like you can finally put the, this whole saga behind you. I know you famously yeah. told uh, Chell Sonnen in that tell-all interview that you were in the darkest time of your life as well as the best. I mean, how would you describe this time now? Um, I guess a, a big middle finger to all the doubters and, um, you know, huge hugs to everyone that stayed with me and supported me. And like I said, the greatest times and the worst times through that event, I, but I got to really find out who my friends are, who my teammates are and who my closest ones are, because everyone wants to be your friend when you're on top of the world. Everyone wants to be your buddy. But, uh, when you hit rock bottom, you know, that's when you find out who's really your ride or dies, you know? So, um, yeah, so I guess uh, just to prove everyone that uh, the cardio I had was uh, from my hard work and not from any kind of bullshit, and that uh, it really was from the weight cut, you know, and that uh, anyone who had to question my chin, I definitely stuck that out there a little bit too much. Mm. Um, we won't dwell on the whole APO thing because it's been covered to death. I know you've done like a million interviews, yeah. but because we haven't spoken to you for like a thousand years, well, what I've always wondered, right? There's been times in my life where I go through shitty things and I'm like, man, I wouldn't wish this on my worst enemy. This is so crap, right? But then time passes and you look back on it and you're like, you know what? This shaped me to be the person that I am now. And I, li I like who I am. So it's kind of like, well, <laughs> well, I'll, I'll take it. Like if it wasn't for that, I wouldn't be who I am now. So I wonder now that you've gone through it, now that it's behind you, like, do you regret it to the point where if you could jump in a time machine, you would change things? Like, I'm not a big regret person. I'm kind of like, ah, you know, you learn from stuff. Or is it a point where you learn so much, you went through enough stuff, and uh, you're at the point where you can look and say, you know, I, I learned enough to where I wouldn't change things, even if I could magically go back in time? Yeah, I don't know if I would, to be honest. You know, it's a tough one, though, because, I mean, it's it, it was, you know, a lot of shit. But um, so much good came from it that I don't know if I would because who knows what would come from it if I didn't, right? Like mm. the businesses I've been able to start, the time I've been able to spend with my three-year-old. Um, I mean, I don't have to fight for a living anymore. You know, I don't have to fight to, to pay the bills. What I've been able to put into my time, how hard I work inside training room to get ready for a fight is how hard I work to make sure that me and my family will be okay if I 
never fought again, you know, and uh, turned out to be very great. So, um, you know, I don't have to find those big sponsors anymore. I don't have to worry about, uh, you know, the paycheck coming into a fight. I get to do it because I want to and that uh, I'm just going to get my belt back. Yeah, I know you opened up uh, Clean Juice, your your food truck and stuff like that. So this point where now you don't need MMA theoretically, did that only happen while you're on suspension where you had the time to work on other businesses and stuff? Yeah, I started it um, after my second Garbrandt fight. I started to work with Clean Juice, but I uh, never really started it until I got suspended because of just uh, the time and then also you know dealing with negotiations of leases and a bunch of stuff, ins and outs. But now going through it with the time off, I couldn't even imagine trying to do what I did with uh, being in a fight camp. You know, because mm. um, not not only do I own my own brick and mortar and I have uh, a couple of food trucks, but I'm the area developer for all of, all of Southern California. And we plan on opening 63 stores from San Diego to North L.A. to Palm oh. Springs. And so going through that process is uh, it's a lot of work, man, getting the team involved and making sure you're doing things right and putting the right kind of money and effort into the right kind of things. I mean, I wouldn't have had the time to do it. And you can't really trust someone else to do a good job as you, as yourself. Yeah. hundred percent. I got one more on this and then, and then we'll move on. Um, but I was watching a Ben Affleck interview recently and he was saying how like, you know, guilt is just such a bad feeling cause it just doesn't get you anywhere and you got to get rid of it. Like you can be feeling guilty for decades and it'll, it'll literally get you nowhere. And I, I like your attitude with this whole thing where you say, look, I don't really care what other people think. And that's right. Cause you can't change what anybody is going to say or think. So I wonder in, in that chain, interview which is a, fa- uh, a really interesting one you said it's hard not to hate yourself a little bit have you forgiven yourself have you been able to forgive yourself which i think for you is probably the most important thing in your life yeah i, I definitely think it is um and when i did that show interview it was very fresh right mm. it was like uh it was real soon so i mean i think back then it was hard to forgive yourself right but i think with how open i was about it it was almost like doing my own therapy right like with me coming out talking about it admitting to it um just getting all the dirt out so that nothing was weighing me down it was almost like going and talking to a therapist just kind of getting past it and and uh owning up to it all kind of really let me like forgive myself i guess you'd say right and and just own up to my mistakes and move past them um and i've I've just become a lot more i mean i was already mentally tough that's kind of my one of my great skills of, of being a professional fighter but it just made me even stronger right maybe i had a lot thicker skin to be able to deal with bullshit and just be able to, to deal with uh, the situation come that, that are thrown at you. Cause I mean, everyone's got something that everyone's got their lowest low, right? Cause I mean, it's all relative and how, how you end up handling it, you know, is, is huge. And so learning how to handle these shitty situations is pretty important for life. And TJ, now you're here, you're back on track and you're recovering from your injuries. Um, has the UFC told you what's next for you in terms of, What's the next fight? Um, have they talked about a possible title shot next for you? Have you spoken to them at all? I mean, Dana even said it before the fight even happened that they were excited about to uh, present something to me that uh, would put us right in the shot for the title. I came back, left as a champion, came back, beat the number one contender, and, and I think actually the the toughest fight at the division, I think that actually was a real title fight. Um, yeah, man, of course I'm getting the title shot. There's no if ands are about it. If and ands are about it, you know what I mean? Like... Uh, it's perfect timing. I heal up. These guys aren't supposed to fight till October 30th, which was puts them back in the cage, but March, something like that on a championship schedule. That's perfect timing for me to get ready, get back and uh, 
reclaim what's really mine. Mm. How do you think the rematch plays out between uh, Jan and uh, and Aljamain Sterling? I know you've sort of, I know you're leaning one way, but how do you think the actual fight plays out? Yeah, man, I think uh, Jan's going to build a lot more confidence, and I think it's going to mess with uh, Sterling's head to see how bad he kind of got punked, that his wrestling didn't work at all. Um, and him in the surgery he got done, man, I'm, I'm really questioning if he's ever going to really even come back to his full stability. I mean, that's a legit surgery. He went and got his, his disc replaced in his neck. I mean, mm. um, I don't even know if you're going to ever really, really be, I mean, we'll see. I mean, I, I'm not a doctor, but I think that's something I would have rolled with for a little bit longer and got some defenses under my belt and, and tried to make that cash while you can. Cause, uh, I don't know, man. I mean, I just don't know how he's going to come back from it, but, um, even just the way the first fight first fight played out, I just think Jan's got his number. You know, um, Aljamain just doesn't have enough striking depth or danger to threaten Jan with strikes to set up his takedowns, right? Like these guys that uh, Sterling's been able to beat, he's been desperately been able to get in on them and they freak out. But Jan was able to really keep his composure and not get overly aggressive and kind of play out Sterling in the first couple rounds, let him gas out, and then just started punking him. So. Um, I think with that being said, it's going to be a little bit more of the same, maybe just a little bit sooner even. Do you consider Aljamain the real champion of the division at the moment? I mean, he did. That was an illegal knee. And uh, I, it's just so hard to accept the belt that way, though, right? It's like so hard to be the champion. Um, I mean, maybe I can accept that it being like if it was a, a lower end, if it wasn't a title fight, yeah, you get the win, right? But to say you're a champion off of disqualification is just crazy. Um, I do, I do say that uh, Jan deserved to lose the fight because he did something blatantly illegal. But no, I wouldn't say that in my mind. Uh, Sterling is a champion. Mm. It'd be, it'd be interesting if you guys uh, never got it. Do you think, do you think Sterling will come back around? Like, if it is kind of the way you're leaning, where it's probably going to be you and Jan in your mind. Do you think Sterling will come around and then you'll eventually fight him? Um, uh, you know, f for the title. He's tough. I mean, yeah, man, he's he's definitely tough. He's got a great skill set to him. Um, it's always a possibility. I mean, you never count anyone out. I mean, there's, there's so many guys that make, can make a run, right? But it's uh, not nothing. I'm, I'm not worried about it, though. Got to ask you, though, because obviously he did an interview recently and he spoke about what he called the needle shore effect. Obviously, it's something that you got, you're going to encounter if you ever fight him and the, the buildup. Uh, he, he basically took issue with the idea that you came clean. He said, oh, it's only because he got caught. Uh, he says that he'd fight you, but he'll have it in the back of his mind. How do you take those comments? Have it in the back of his mind. What does it matter? I mean, I get I get drug tested more than any athlete that's in the UFC, which even before I even uh, got in trouble, I was being tested very much because I was a champion, right? So they can say all they want. Um, you know, the proof is in the pudding. I mean, they, they even went back and retested all my samples that they have on file and using the same test and nothing came up. So I understand. I mean, it makes sense that people, I mean, they're going to use that ammo against me that's obviously um gonna happen um but you just put two and two together but did i just feel like forget how to cheat all of a sudden like i just knew how to cheat and then like one day i was like nah i'm just gonna not not do it you know and just just for, for not not get and get caught this time it makes no sense you know so um can't can't put any weight on it whatsoever 
Yeah, that's right. Speaking of things that don't make sense, it doesn't make sense to be carrying around a massive bush in your pants uh, this August as we head closer to Father's Day. i got to be honest, I know we make a lot of ball jokes here during these Manscaped discussions, but for me, the, the least favorite part of Father's Day is finding a freaking gift every year. I have to rack my brain of what to get my dad. This year, make it simple. Get your hairy dad, or for all you sugar babies out there, your hairy daddy, uh, get him a nice ball trimmer because you might think he's got it all covered down there, but he probably doesn't. He probably has no idea what you, what he's doing. And if he's anything like my dad, single and getting older by the day, you know, he probably needs a, a female companion and Manscaped's going to help him out. My dad uses that little, you know, brush with with, with the mug, with the, uh, the, the soap in it, you know, patting his face and probably everything else. Just get in the Manscaped Lawnmower 4.0. Pretty much space tech technology. Won't cut you with the skin safe technology. 7,000 RPM of power. It's got the LED light. The 4.0, you can turn the LED light off if you want. It's got a travel lock so it doesn't go off in your bag and, you know, waste half the battery. It's waterproof. Lasts for ages. What more could you want? It's a great gift. They're giving it away with 20% off using the code submission and free shipping. You can even get one for yourself, matching gifts, one for you, one for dad, Father's Day sorted, more time in your life to worry and think about other things than, gee, what kind of gift am I going to get? Use the code submission, get that 20% off and get that free shipping. Isn't that right, Dennis? That's right, man. And if you want to get some cash together to get all your Father's Day presents cooking, why not go into my bookie right now and take advantage of up to a $1,000 bonus on your first deposit with a promo code submission. I know Manny Pacquiao is back this weekend. You got Jared Cannonier versus Kelvin Gaslam. So many fun fights to make some money on. Make sure to my, go to my bookie today. You can bet anything, anywhere, anytime with my bookie and the code word submission. And Cass, for people out there right now in lockdown, you got to make sure you're prepared for the next big matchup, whether it's UFC 266, the AFL, NRL, or even the NBA starting back up. Match Pine shows you the absolute best sporting pubs in your area and exactly what fixtures they're showing. You can download the app today by clicking the link in our description below, and you got to put an end, put an end to those annoying calls to pubs trying to find out what they're showing. Match Pint is your best mate for sport. Make sure to download it today. By the way, TJ, uh, Jose Aldo called you out after his win over Pedro Munoz at UFC 265. What did you make of that call out, man? I've actually been called out by, I think, every fighter in the for sure top five, if not top ten, after they won a fight. Before I came back and fought Sanhagen, I swear every fighter called me out because it makes sense. I mean, I'm the true champion of the division. You're going to try to build your name off me thinking that I've been out for two years, that uh, I'm coming off this all this drama that I'm not going to be the same fighter um and Sanhagen made that mistake as well and now he's going you know having to go further back to get to a title um but yeah I, I like to call out I like I would like to fight Jose Aldo he's a legend of our sport and uh we could do it after I get my belt back mm, so you could be your first but would you would you look at him as a potential first title defense uh shoot man the the, the, the division's so stacked you know it depends mm. man I mean you got Rob Font that's making a name for himself you got uh, Aldo. Um, I mean, one of those two guys definitely would seem like he was up for the part, up for the challenge. Um, but Jan did just beat Aldo, right? Um, it's I don't know something got away. But yeah, I mean, just Aldo's name alone makes it interesting, right? Like I would love that fight. So yeah, maybe it doesn't be my first fight as champ because Jose Aldo is, is is a legend in the sport. Um, I remember him in the WC before I even had my first professional fight. 
uh, him fighting Uriah when I was training there. So um, the guy's been on top of the world for a long time. So it'd be a, a dope fight. Just while we're looking at the division, what's your take on Sean O'Malley? I mean, a lot of people are sort of trying to figure out if he ever sort of reaches a title shot contention spot. What do you think? Do you think if you become champion, you ever run into him? I don't think he'll become champion. He's got he's got too many holes, and uh, they're they're feeding him the right fights because he's a huge draw, right? He, he's he's able to for one, they pumped him up, they put him in the UFC pump up machine. They they can do that to pretty much anyone if you have a little bit of character, if you can talk whatsoever, be a little bit colorful, they'll pump you up. And then he's done a good job promoting himself. He's done a really good job with that, and it, it takes work, man. When you see these guys that get pumped up, they're also putting in the, the hard work. So he does a good job of that. Um, but we've seen what happened as soon as he fought Cheeto. You know, she was a, more of a top-ranked fighter and got finished in the first round. Um, I mean, I, I don't think he'll be champion, but he's he's a good draw. You know, I mean, hopefully he can make it make it far enough to where uh, you know I, I could uh, use some of that thunder and get paid off it. <laughs> yeah, man. It's all well. It's all about getting paid. It's all about getting money. I I do wonder, like, is there a bucket list for you? Like, let's say. You go in there, you become a champion. It's three times. I think uh, the only man to do that is Randy Couture, uh, I think. Uh, what else would be left for you, man? Is it just a case of, like, just keep fighting as long as you can, keep making the money before you have to retire? Is there anything specifically or anyone that you would like to fight or anything that you want to accomplish? What's, what's the bucket list for you, man? Uh, to be honest, as long as I'm just driven to be the best. Um, as soon as I lose that hunger to do that, there's no sense, right? Like, as soon as I feel myself slipping and not wanting to wake up and put in those extra hours and don't feel that drive to be all that I could possibly be in this sport, then that's that's why I need the people around me to, to kind of point that out, right? If I can't do it myself even. Because you see it every day. Guys fighting way past their prime, fighting way past the, their what, what they should be doing. Um, and unfortunately, not listening to either people around them or not having the people around them to tell them that, right? So um, it's when I lose that drive. I don't have an exact number set on it. Because I've done that before. I, I remember telling my wife, I was like, I don't see myself fighting past 35 years old. Huh. Well, shit, I'm, I'm 35 years old. Um, well, I mean, obviously that suspension that maybe probably won't make me want to fight longer, right? But um, to see what my body's able to do at this age is quite impressive. And so I don't see myself uh, not wanting to be the best anytime soon. And I mean, the hunger of wanting to fight and being back in there and now being able to do that, I, I imagine that would be pretty high as well. Just one more thing, TJ. We had Uriah Faber on the show recently, and he said that Sean Shelby was kind of joking with him and uh, saying, hey, when are you going to fight TJ? Um, was that a fight that the UFC approached you about at any point? Or was that on the table at all? Uh, I think kind of someone mentioned it uh, when I first thought about my comeback and I laughed at it because it made no fucking sense. Excuse me. It made no sense. You can swear it's all right. What? All right, cool. Yeah, it made no fucking <laughs> sense to me because, uh, I mean, the guy, I mean, how, well, I'm not going to have nothing to gain out of that fight and everything to lose. For one, I just don't want to, I don't want him to even get a fight off my name, for one. And then two, it's like, what does that do for me? You know, I'm fighting Corey Sanhagen, the number one ranked guy in the in the division other than the champions. And, uh, I mean, and it was kind of like a, a, only one person part of the UFC would want it. And the rest of them were kind of even mad that it was even mentioned. So, uh, it was to be to be just like a, a joke, you know. I think really just want they wanted to get his ass kicked so they can kick him out of the UFC. I was going to ask you whether how did the UFC take it um, because you know the UFC loved the big feuds and the big drama and all that kind of stuff. Were they cool with it when you were like, look, I'm just not interested? And we no, only like I said, only one of them somewhat offered it, so it wasn't like mm. a real offer. 
You know, may, I mean, I think someone really just wanted your eye to get his ass whipped, and so they wanted to throw it out there. They could, they, I mean, to be honest, look, your eye favor is way past his prime. He's got no business being in the UFC, and uh, I think the only fight for him would be some sort of big drama fight like that, right? Other than me, like, what makes sense for him about him, him who to fight? You know, so um, why let why even give him the chance to make any kind of of fame or money off my name and fight me because I'm the only fight left for him, I guess you'd say, right? But it makes zero sense for me. I'm I'm coming back to be the greatest bandwagon of all time. Um, he's only there to have the most title losses of all time. And we we sort of spoke about that with you, right? I was saying how like you know you're obviously your trajectory is going for the title, so for you guys to fight would be a bit of a detour. Um, and he, he was pretty like realistic about it. He said, look, I'm not chasing that fight, but if, if it was offered for good money, then sure. Why not? Kind of thing. He kind of joked about, he was like, look, I don't think TJ wants me coming back and digging up the bones of the last 10 years. But I was kind of wondering, like at this point with everything out in the open is, is there even anything to, to dig up? You know what I mean? I feel like the biggest thing kind of came out. Would there even be anything that he could even bring up? No, not at all. But it's just the fact that, like, I dealt with uh, alpha male and fighting Garbrandt, right? Like, mm. I'm so over it. I'm just so over, like, the like another thing. Like, I don't need this. About I don't need the money no more. Right? I don't have to fight. I mean, obviously, yeah, everyone wants to get paid. I want the big paychecks, right? But I don't need to do something I don't want to do for money. I'm only gonna do this because I want to do it, right? And the that drama just like it was. It helped build my name, got me a ton of, uh, I guess you say, publicity and fame from fighting, dealing with the ultimate fighter and alpha male and all the drama back and forth. But I don't want to do it again, right? Like, I already fought the tougher of the two fighters. Garbrandt's the fight, the tougher of the two guys, and I, I proved myself against that team. So I got nothing else to, to do with them, um, to be honest. Well, I'll tell you something, TJ. One thing for certain is fans are super excited to see you back in action, and we wish you a very speedy rehab and recovery so we can see you back in there guys make sure to follow the man at tj dillashaw and check out his very own food truck clean juice uh <laughs> make sure to jump on that it looks like you're taking over the food industry over there so congratulations of that and make sure to pick up some killershaw merch while you're at it at tjdillashaw.com some awesome merch over there tj thanks heaps for the time man oh, of course man thanks for having me out <laughs>